welcome to this week's episode of Seen It All, where we break down this week's biggest movie and TV news. And the big movie this week is Fast X, the 10th, the 10th film, technically 11th, if you count Hobbs and Shaw, 11th film of the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, I had a bit of trepidation going to this film. I, Me and my father went and saw Fast 9 in theaters, and we walked out of that film. We did not finish it. I, had, I ended up finishing it about a year later, and it was... It's not very good. It was really bad. I really hate that movie. And I am so happy to say I think Fast X is like better than Fast 9 in almost every possible way. Um, I 100% think it has to do with two things. First of all, Jason Momoa. I'll get into it more in a minute, but Jason Momoa. And then two, the film takes their action scenes a little bit more seriously. I'll get into my negatives in a minute, but I think... I think overall, you got to say they've toned down the absurdity a little bit. Nobody goes to space this time, thank God. But it, it definitely toned it down, and they made it actually have some more stakes because they actually kill off they kill off they kill off some people in this one. And I believed them that they, they weren't going to bring them back, but they killed off some people in this. So you can actually tell they have stakes, like the last one where it was just Saturday morning cartoon. I mean, this is still a Saturday morning cartoon, but it's more it's more serious. I'm I'm sure this is a really good analogy. If I have any, if I had an '80s kid on my podcast who grew up watching Saturday morning cartoons, I'm sure they could give me a really good analogy for a very serious Saturday morning cartoon versus a not so serious one. But um, yeah, it was. I was I was surprised. Um, but I want to go ahead and get my negatives out of the way first. And first of all, the ending. Everyone says it leaves it on a cliffhanger. They are totally doing part two. They might be doing part three. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I like my cliffhangers how I like the cliffhanger in Avengers Infinity New War, which gave us a conclusion of the action that we are seeing take place. It's give us, like, that's a movie that can stand alone. You Avengers Endgame takes place five years in the future. It's a totally different thing. Thanos won, and you actually get a resolution to all the conflict that is brewing. Versus in Fast X, when they basically just hit pause during the middle of a scene. I don't like a cliffhanger if you can answer the cliffhanger in the next trailer. Because... All those the stuff that they hit pause on, if they're gonna they're gonna go out and market Fast X Part Two, and you're gonna see the resolution to all those cliffhangers. It's gonna it's just ridiculous how they ended it. They should have just concluded that part, and then they could have set up something for the future, not just end it where they did, which it made me very upset. I like a good cliffhanger, but a good cliffhanger has to conclude what it set out to do while setting up the next thing, and they didn't do a good job here. This hit pause, <laughs> and. Also, the absurdity, I know I said it's a lot better than Fast 9, it is, but it still, it picks up a lot in the last the last little bit of the film, and it, it just got a bit much, but thankfully they showed those scenes off in the trailer, so I already, had, I already had my laugh at them by the time we got there, but that's also a big mistake. Why are you showing off, I feel like I'm talking about this every single time I'm talking about Fast and Furious movies, but they put the big climactic adventure moment in the trailers. They put him going down that, that dam in the trailers. Stop putting the climaxes of your movie in the trailers because I already know exactly what's going to happen. I know he's going to make it out of it. Or is he? I don't want to spoil it, but basically the trailers already spoiled it for you. And then lastly, the storyline with Roman, Han, Ludacris's character, and then the tech girl. I'm not sure. I don't remember their names. But Han single-handedly is carrying that storyline throughout the film. But they're four are basically on their own for most of it. And I was so bored every time we cut back to them because I really... They're all comedic ca- relief characters, but when you put them together, they're not funny. They're just bouncing... Con- one-liners off each other like no tomorrow and it's really boring and i specifically just hate roman's character so much he, he just grinds my nerves i don't find him funny at all he's just dummy he's just dumb dummy <laughs> and i was so happy when someone punched him i was like yes 
but I really did not like that storyline at all, except for the parts with Han, as I said, but that was few and far between. And then Jason Statham showed up for just probably like five minutes of screen time, but he delivered it, and they're definitely saving a lot of him for the next few films or film. <laughs> but now we get to my pause of the film. Michelle Rodriguez, she was great, but she's in it less than I thought she would be, and she shares most of her scenes with Charlize Theron, but... I thought it was a really good pairing. That's really surprised me. And their action scenes when they fought each other, that was great. But it, she was more of a big, up until the Rome sequence, she was a huge part of the film. And then when we got to Rome, she kind of took a very, very much backseat to what was happening. And they kind of pushed more of the new characters in at that point. That being uh, the Alex Richardson from that Amazon Prime show. They pushed in Brie Larson. She did a great job. And then the, I can't remember the woman's name that she was just in Guardians of the Galaxy Long 3, but she was Ratcatcher in suicide squad she was great all three of those newcomers were really great brie larson i love brie larson out richardson he did a, he did a okay job but i think it was just it was brie larson and the girl that plays rat capture from suicide squad that did great they were great newcomers and a lot of brie larson scenes they were paired with vin diesel same with the rat catcher actress they were all paired with vin diesel which there was quite surprising to me that they took more of the female role in the second half of the film and uh vin diesel he was his usual self but as I said, the scenes with the other characters made it bounced off. John Cena, he was great. I forgot. Even though he's in the trailer, when I sat down in that movie theater, I forgot John Cena was in the movie. And when he showed up, I was like, oh, wait, I forgot he was going to be in this. And he had a lot of the bonding with Vin Diesel's son, who is a major, major character in this film, which I can take or leave it. I don't really like a ton of kids in my, in my action films that kind of just grind my gears. But they've been using kids a lot more effectively lately with Mandalorian, Last of Us. Those kids are great, but sometimes when I want my over-the-top action, I don't want a little kid getting in the way of, of ruining my fun, but he he did a good job. He did a good job. I just got to say that, um, but the big standout, the big standout of reason why I love this movie so much was Jason freaking Momoa. He ate up all the scenes he was in, and he brought us in. He was acting. He had um, usually see him in the humbo role. Himbo, excuse me, the himbo role. He's a golden retriever energy. But here he had a sense of femininity to him that made it so funny. He was wearing buns, his nails were painted. He was just, he was having a time of his life. And I, you could totally tell. And it made him so much better than any previous Fast and Furious villain. I don't, maybe, I remember Charlie Theron's villain because she's in this movie. But I can't say I remember any other Fast and Furious villains besides Jason Statham because he's. If they're not still around, I don't remember any of them. But him, him I'll remember. And he's never joining their family like the other villains. <laughs> and they do. They, I, I, I'm pretty sure if you try to play the game where you take a shot every time someone says family, you will be dead. You will be dead. They, they say it so many times. <laughs> and then more on the action side, um, the end, it got a little absurd for me. The bridge scene in Brazil, that was really good. I really liked that because it had some stakes with it. But my big standout in the action department was the Rome sequence which was about 20 to 30 minutes long it was a long sequence and it was great um we had Michelle Rodriguez she was on the motorcycle she was doing some awesome tricks Vin Diesel they had the bomb rolling through the city oh it was great everything was working like it should Jason Momoa was just running in and out causing havoc and you got the police forces coming after the group it was it was perfect it was perfect it's probably one of my favorite action scenes in the entire franchise right up there when the whole crew had to take out Vin Diesel and they completely failed but those are like my top favorite of action scenes of these franchise um 
So overall, yeah, I really enjoyed this and it builds a lot on Fast Five. So I have to say, if you didn't like Fast Five, you're not going to like this film. But if you love Fast Five, I think you're going to have a great time with this film. It's just, you know what you're getting into at this point, Fast and Furious. If you watch that trailer and were like, this is, this is, this is not it for me, you're going to not want to see it. But if you watch that trailer and got a laugh out of it, you got some excitement out of it, you put a smile on your face, this movie's going to put a smile on your face and put a smile on my face. I really love those trailers and the trailers delivered. Unlike Fast Nine, which had great trailers and the film was just awful. But this film, I think, was a complete 180 on that. And I, I just, I can't believe they did. I think it's single-handedly, Jason Momoa, they took a little bit, they took some notes from the last film, and they got a new director, too. They spent so much money on this film, by the way, too. They spent $340 million. But yeah, get out, see this movie. If you know, you know what you're going in for. If you like it, if you like the previous Fast and Furious movies, you're going to like this. If you don't, don't go see it. Um, now I want to talk about other people's Fast X reactions and the box office forecasts. Uh, Fast X is projected to have a 60 to 70 million open, which could be under the 70 million of Fast 9, which opened during a pandemic. Um, and if it comes under that, it will just show I think the public is tired of this franchise, especially after the reactions to Fast 9, which I think killed a lot of enjoyment people had for these crazy films. I hated Fast 9, and I think a lot of people did too. Um, I don't think this film is going to overperform No Real Leg Out. I, mean, I think I think this film is just going to have to make most of its bulk of its money overseas, and I think the next one they make will make will 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 do a lot better thanks to the word of mouth of this film. Um, Fast and Furious movies they just don't leg out at this point. If you look at the track record, um, so whatever this movie makes in so many will be the bulk of its money. It makes the long run. Fast and Furious movies, as I said, usually make most of their money in foreign sales, particularly China. Um, but China they weren't really buying tickets like they did for the past three Fast and Furious movies. So I don't think this film is going to do that well. I don't. I think they might lose money in this film. As I said, this is one of the most expensive films of all time. It was three hundred forty million dollars. They had to do a ton of reshoots because they had to switch out their director. But hopefully, some of that money was put towards part two of the series to help lessen the blow if this film lose money for the studio but i don't know it's not looking good at this moment especially with little mermaid coming out next week and then you got transformers spider-man there's just so much competition right now so hopefully because i really enjoyed it and as i said we're going to talk about a fast x trilogy in one second so i want to see that um and then for other people's reactions they first came out on monday and they were quite polarized as people seem to claim that fast x fixed all of f9's problem that's my side and it's the best since fast five I think it's even better than the Fast Five. I think I have it up there with Fast Eight as my favorites, along with Fast Six. Those are my three favorite Fast and Furious movies. Um, while on the other side, people are saying it just builds on the problems of the last film. They call it a bad script, bad editing. But the one thing they all did agree on was Jason Momoa was the best part of the film. And I'm, I'm happy everyone can support him in this movie. But yeah, the reactions from the critics themselves are very, very opposite. But I think audiences are actually going to really like this film. The last film, I don't think audiences really liked it, but I see... a like an A minus B plus cinema score here, which is which is pretty good. Um, and then lastly, in the Fast X news, uh, this was the funniest news I've seen in a long time, that the Fast X part two, which we were talking about would end the franchise in 2025, is not the end after all. Um, Vin Diesel, he confirmed with an interviewer from Fandango at the premiere of Fast X and said that Universal has asked them to make a two-part finale into a trilogy of films. <laughs> this franchise, it just keeps getting funnier and funnier the longer it goes on, because at this rate, I don't think it'll ever end. And we'll be talking about Garnet's moment, but I think there's something so therapeutic about having a definitive ending and it makes you look back on these characters with even more love i hate when we see characters overstay their welcome but with fast and furious i don't really care at this point <laughs> and as i said the tracking for this fast x movie doesn't look like they're going to make a third one um it's cost 340 million to make one of the most expensive films of all time and i don't know if it'll make enough money to cover that production budget and the advertising um also while we're talking about fast x news just wrap it up the um it came out i wanted to throw on the shade on some of the on the wrap 
the rap for spoiling one of the in credit scenes by calling it an exclusive one week before the film comes out. Even if the studio did want them to push it out to sell more tickets, it's hugely inappropriate and rude of them, and it really made me upset because the reaction of what they said in the theater was completely thwarted by this publication. It was a sketchy move and one that will hopefully never happen again with the backlash they've gotten for ruining the enjoyment of so many people. It ruined my enjoyment for that scene. I mean, I still got to laugh without a scene in credit scene, but it, the shock that would have been on my face if I had just been sitting there, it completely got deflated by them. And it, especially a week before the movie comes out, you couldn't even do that. Something got spoiled like two years ago. And that still makes me angry that why would you, why did, why do so many scoopers and journalists want to ruin the excitement of so many just to get a click it's just it's disheartening and it really ruins the movie going experience um now i want to switch my focus off of fast x to the guardians of the galaxy volume 3 second week in box office and what did i say guardians 3 is having an exceptional hold of the box office after what many called an underwhelming opening of 118 million it only fell 49 percent or excuse me it fell 47 percent to 62 million which is absolutely incredible for marvel for marvel their f- last film to fall in just the 50 percent range was shang chi and legend of the rings and before that the last film to fall in the 40 percent range was black panther all the way back in 2018 um the last i think this film this is the second lowest drop or third lowest drop for a marvel film of all time and it's the it's the first <laughs> i'm sorry it gets a little confusing when you do all this but is they based on marvel sequels it has the best hold from second for its second weekend um, the last five or six Marvel films um, that have come out have dropped in the high 60s, l- mid 60s, which has not been good for them laying out the overall run. Just like Ant-Man and the Wasp, that film like 70%. Um, here, though, we see a movie that is going to leg out. And you know why? Because they made a great movie. When you put out a great product that everybody loves, everybody will go back to see it. Um, the last two Guardian films fell 55% in their second weekends. And the third one had been significantly pacing behind the second film. But it, it with it falling only 47% it is closing that gap to where the second weekend of Guardians 2 and Guardians 3 were only like 3 or 4 million apart compared to their openings which were like 26 to 28 million apart I'm just so happy this film is getting the recognition it deserves and I think it will still have a small drop this week too because I don't see Fast X knocking much of its legs off um, with its on to un- underperform and i think there's a little bit even though they're huge blockbusters i think there's a little bit of different market for the franchises i think they're going to get a lot more older audiences go see guardians than they are for fast x i think a lot of people fall in a fast the fast fear franchise just how absurd it is well guardians is keeping it a little bit more fam <laughs> i almost said family based i'm like wait no they're both doing family but i feel like in fast x they talk about family but in guardians of the galaxy they show the real family Oh my god, why did I... <laughs> my voice dropped when I said family. Vin Diesel is infecting my brain at this point. <laughs> um, I think I'm just... I'm just great that people are rewarding good work, and you love to see that when a movie is well-made, it, it does well. And it really makes me... just reminds me of Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Things, because that movie was amazing, and it's not... It never did that well, which really makes me sad. So I just love when movies are good, and people, get, they get rewarded for their hard work. <laughs> and I do gotta say, back in the Fast X... When I got out of that movie, when I got in my car, I felt like a god. That makes you, when you drive, feel like a god, which is not the safest, but it is fun. <laughs> and then next topic I want to get to is the Superman cast rumors. So Hollywood Reporter has put out a list of people who are relative frontrunners to play Superman and the surrounding cast of the film. Um, Superman, let's start off with Superman, who is rumored to have the frontrunners of David Cornswit. I totally probably butchered that last name, but I'm not familiar with this actor, but he has a good, I saw pictures, he has a good build for Superman. Um, Tom Brittany and 
Andrew Richardson have also been considered, but this they all seem kind of like relative newcomers that I'm okay with, and they all have the traditional look and build of a Superman. I honestly thought Gunn would cast someone more out there, but I'm kind of okay with him playing it safe when it comes to Superman, because all of his films are cast extremely well, so I have ultimate faith in whoever he casts. So, Mike Simon doesn't come in the role of Superman, but it comes into the roles of Lois Lane and Lex Luthor, who have some actors room with him, which make me much more excited. Um, Lois Lane is rumored to be played by Emma Mackey, Phoebe Dine or Samara Weaving or Rachel Brosnahan. I don't know who Don. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm butchering this. I don't know who Phoebe or Rachel is, but I do know who Emma Mackey and Samara Weaving are. They, um, I really loved Emma Mackey in Death on the Nile. She was a great. I don't know. I don't want to spoil this right now, but she, her foil that she brought in that movie was fantastic. I loved her acting in that. And then Samara Weaving, she was great in Ready or Not, and she was great in the Scream movie that just came out. She had the, she was the opening kill in that movie. Oh, she was great. She was great, and I could see both of them as Lois Lane, and I think they both could bring the heat and a little bit more star power. Um, I think they're going to show a side of Lois we've never seen before, so I'm really pushing. I'm really pushing for these two. Um, also, I think Samara Weaving is the biggest name on the list for Lois, and if they cast a relatively unknown for both Superman and Lois, they might have they might have a little trouble. So I think they need a bigger name for Lois. Like Amy Adams was a bigger name when compared to Henry Cavill when that Man of Steel came out 10 years ago. Um, also, I love the casting rumor who is the casting rumor of who is going to play Lex. And right now, the only name thrown out there is Nicholas Holt, who is rumored to be the front runner for that character. Um, I love this idea. But then another reporter also came out and said he was in the running for Superman as well. Um, I would much rather see him inhabit the role of Lex. And I think he could just chew that role up. Um, <laughs> he better hope that uh, The Great, his Hulu series, doesn't get another season. Because that show kept him from being the villain in Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 7. And other scheduling conflicts also prevented him from being Batman 2. Which is it's just so funny and so sad. So I hope this movie can be his big break. And I really want him to be the Lex role and not the Superman one. So yeah, so none of this casting significantly shocks me. I haven't really picked anyone I thought to play his characters because I just trust James James Gunn's in his casting process at this point. Um, I think they will have the full announcement for the cast at Comic-Con at the end of July. I think they're going to do that and Fast and, Fast and Fear. Oh my God, it's polluting my brain, as I said. Fantastic Four. <laughs> Fantastic Four and Superman Legacy. I think they're going to both show off the big cast at Comic-Con. Those would be the big announcements in late July. Um, I still think they have a ton of screen tests to do with all these listed actors. Nothing has been decided yet, but we are getting to that finish line. Um, now I want to jump into some Disney news. First of all, they dropped the Haunted Mansion trailer, a much darker Disney film than I expected. I was thinking this was going to be a more PG-rated film when that first trailer came out a few months ago, which was I thought was pretty good. But now we see the film received a PG-13 rating. So just my surprise, some of the stuff they showed off here actually looked a bit darker than I was expecting. It also looks like they spent a lot of money on this movie, and the effects look fantastic. Um... The flash of scenes that we got at the end of the trailer, they looked really epic with all the ghosts flying around and the water coming out of the closet at Lakeith Stanfield. It was just really, really cinematic. The cast is stacked with people I love. Jamie Lee Curtis as Madame Leota looks very funny and is like perfect for the one of our greatest scream queens in the world and she gets to play that role. And we're going to see some neat flashbacks with her because she has to die to be in that ball as a floating head. Um, Rosario Dawson and her son weren't really featured here like they were in the first trailer. But I think her along with Lakeith Stanfield are the main characters of the movie. But the big standouts to me were Owen Wilson and Danny DeVito. Um, Wilson's jo Owen Wilson's joke about how the ghost should attack bad people, not good people was really funny. And then Danny DeVito, it's just great every movie he's in 
you can't ever have enough Danny DeVito. He's amazing. Um, I didn't really like the joke at the end with him describing the, the hat box ghost, though. It just kept going on and on. And I felt the joke needed to be quick and fast for it to be effective. Um, they also didn't really show a lot of Tiffany Haddish with her recent recent controversy. But I like her in this film as an actress. So, yeah, I think the whole cast is carrying this movie on their back along with the special effects. I also have another critique. Is this Why is this movie releasing at the end of July and not during the fall movie season like in October? Maybe they're trying to time the release of it on Disney Plus for October. But either way, stupid move. Um, also, I hope they do some cool tie-in promotion with the ride in Disney Parks. And while we're talking about Disney Parks movie, I still really want my Jungle Cruise too because I significantly enjoyed that film. And if we're giving all these Disney rides films, I think Jungle Cruise 2 deserves to happen. And they said they were, but they, we haven't really seen much movement on that. But I loved Dwayne Johnson and Emily Cruz's pairing. But that's just what I hope for the Haunted Mansion, Haunted Mansion movie. It's that it's on the same quality level as Jungle Cruise because I thought that was a great movie and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then sticking with the Disney news, Disney presented on Tuesday their upfront presentation, which is TV, which is TV based and it's targeted at advertisers in order for them to put their ads on Disney plus Hulu, ESPN, ABC and all of their TV spaces. Um, I just want to break down a few of the big announcements. Um, Loki season two is set to premiere October 6th, which seems about right as a premiere right after Ahsoka ends. But more importantly, it is premiering on a Friday and not a Wednesday hallelujah as i said i want these shows to shows to move back to fridays because i like having them at the end of the week instead of the middle because it really throws off my sleep schedule by waking up at 2 a.m on a wednesday to watch a tv show i still tell that my friends and they just they can't believe me but it makes sense they know me for long enough that makes sense to them now but i wish it was on a friday because that way it's in the weekend i can get some more sleep then um <laughs> I'm really excited for Loki season two because it was probably my second favorite Marvel show right behind WandaVision. That show was great. And I love putting on the soundtrack every now and then just to make me get me into the feel of the show. And they left it on a, they left that show on a good cliffhanger. Let me just say that they just didn't hit pause on the scene. They wrapped up the storyline. Every character got their conclusion, but it left a giant cliffhanger for the next one. That's how you do a cliffhanger. Not how fast X did theirs. <laughs> um, it's so good. Highly, highly recommend. Um, and then in other Marvel show news, they announced that Echo, the Hawkeye spinoff show, will be releasing on November 29th. And this won't be a weekly show like almost um, like every other Disney Plus Marvel show, but rather will drop all episodes at once. This was so like surprising to me as no other high profile Disney Plus shows has dropped all episodes at once. Um, this either signals that one, Disney does not think the quality of the show is on par with on par with their other streaming shows, or two, that they think the audiences need to see the whole show to get hooked on it and spread the word. Either way, it kind of leaves me worried for a show that I already was not looking forward to. I really enjoyed Hawkeye, and it had great Christmas vibes, but I did not like Echo's role one bit, and I was so surprised that she's getting a TV show and not anybody else. Why are we dedicating expenses towards that character? The actress did great, but I didn't enjoy her character. But I'm glad we don't have to drag this show out because if that do, it just means we have to wait longer to watch the other Disney Plus Marvel shows. That's, so that's at least one positive note that we're just getting it over with. We're ripping that band-aid off. <laughs> and most of the shows we're waiting for, I'm much more excited about. And then Kathleen Kennedy, she came out and announced that all four of the Indiana Jones films will release on Disney Plus on May 31st. So throwing that out there for fans who want to catch up or watch the films for the first time before the new one comes out. Um, I recently watched all of them again and some for the first, some for the first time a few months ago. I think they're all on the same quality level, just being real here. I think even Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is not that bad, guys. It's not that bad. And I think before Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny comes out, I'm gonna rank I'm gonna rank all the past Indiana Jones films, just like I did with Fast and Furious. It was fun. And then um Pixar was up next. Pixar's first long form series, Win or Lose, will release in December, which follows a softball team, which each episode taking place from a different character's point of view. I don't really like the sound of the series, but I have the most 
utmost faith in Pixar, so I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, Only Murders in the Building Season 3 will release August 8th on Hulu. I really enjoyed the first two seasons of the show. It's kind of like comfort show. It's very relaxing. Even though people get murdered. It, it's, even though people get murdered. It's still the vibes of that film. The film. The vibes of that show are very chill. And it's very relaxing. Especially with the Selena Gomez. Martin Short. Steve Martin. They are just a great trio to start off with. And I'm really happy that Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep are in this season. Oh, it's going to be great. And um, lastly, Hulu's next big show, Shogun, which is touted as the biggest show of all time, was showcased here. Um, we as a public didn't learn any new information about that show, but it gets me really excited to know that they're still working on it, as the only thing we heard about it was back at the Disney Plus Investor Day when they announced it. So I'm glad they're still working on it. And then Mandalorian Season 4, it came out, it's going to be delayed because of the writer's strike, and it just makes me sad that the studios can't come to an agreement when it's costing them so much money. I want my Mando Season 4 as soon as possible, because that means we can get the movie sooner, and I'm just, ah, I want it now. <laughs> Excuse me. And then the last topic of the day, I want to talk about the few trailers that came out to, before Fast X this weekend. Um, first of all, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 got a new trailer. Um, I don't want to talk too much about this franchise because I haven't seen any other of the Mission Impossible movies. I've seen a bit of six, specifically the Henry Cavill bathroom scene and where part where he dies. But that's about it for Mission Impossible stuff I've seen. Oh, and I've seen parts of the first one where the fish tank breaks and someone gets crushed by an elevator. It's been a while, as I've said. A lot of vague childhood memories associated with this franchise, but I'm going to have to sit down and watch all six of them before this new film comes out. Um, it looks like a serious Fast and Furious movie. As we were watching the trailer for Mission Impossible, and then we watched Fast and Furious right back to the back, I was like, these are the same movies, but one of them takes itself way more seriously. And one of them stars Tom Cruise, and one of them stars Vin Diesel. It's very it's very odd. And now this, one, then, now this new film is getting to the themes of family and losing each other. I'm like, what is this? They're like the same franchise now. Um, Haley Atwell, I am so happy she's in this movie. I love Haley Atwell. She was in Captain America. I love her in Agent Carter. She's this wonderful actress. I'm glad she's getting her dues. And then Palm Clemente, who plays Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. I love her in that role. And she's going to be the crazy villain this time. Uh, she looks great. And uh, particularly the part where Tom Cruise shoves her against a wall. She hits her head on the wall. Then she bounces back and slams her head against his. I was like, oh, she's a maniac. I love it. Um, I do wish, though, they saved some of the huge shock and awe moments for the film because they showed a lot in the trailer. Um, the train sequence with it going off a cliff, which actually looked... I, I would believe them if they said they did that for real. And the um, how they all floated up when they lost gravity it was going up. That was really cool. And then the chase through Rome, which we're going to have to chase through Rome in Mission Impossible and we're getting Fast and Furious. Oh, this it's just so funny, the similarities that I'm beginning to see. Um, but I wish they saved some of those for the movie itself. But the movie is... The first cut of that movie came in at four hours, and I think it's going to end up with two and a half or three hours. So I think they're saving a lot, but I hope they save their big, big moments for the movie itself, unlike Fast and Furious. Take some, take some points from my critique about Fast and Furious Mission Impossible franchise. And then another trailer we got was The Creator, which I was really excited about this film coming out after the uh, CinemaCon presentation from Disney because I had no idea this movie was coming out. And I still am, but it kind of just feels like a repackaged sci-fi movie. It was very, very Terminator-esque, um, and I feel like we've seen most of this movie before, but man, did it feel timely with the use of AI and writing and just everyday life as a villain here. I also do wish they showed off Gemma Chan more. I love Gemma Chan so much. I've already gushed about her before, but 
why didn't we put her in more of the trailer? I think she's a huge selling point. <laughs> like she had, I think she was running across the beach. You could faintly tell. And then she was kissing John David Washington, but that was it. She better be in more of this damn movie, please. <laughs> uh, John David Washington. He looks great as our anti-hero. Who's not good enough person to go to heaven. And I kind of love that dilemma, but they spent so much. My, my big, my big applaud for this movie is they spent so much money on this and you can quite tell. Um, people who've seen this that leaked out, they supposedly say it's really good. This is from the director of Rogue One, but not really because they cut him off and they had to reshoot a ton of it. So when they say from director Rogue One on the poster, he's not really. It's really Tony Gilroy who made Andor 2, but he is the director of Godzilla 2014, which I enjoyed. It's also made me... I never saw that movie in the theaters, and I know a lot of people were pissed off that Godzilla wasn't in a ton in that movie, but watching it secondhandly many years down the line, I respect that movie. That movie was pretty good for, to me. Um, but ultimately, I don't think this film is going to make a ton of money because they're releasing it September 29th. That is an odd release date, and it just looks like they spent so much money on this, and I hope it doesn't fail because I want more original sci-fi epic films. Um, and then lastly, the last trailer we got was Killers of the Flower Moon, which is Martin Scorsese's new movie. I'm not entirely familiar with his filmography, but I know he is one heck of a filmmaker. I really thought Irishman was so boring, but this trailer looked like it brought the seriousness of the story they're telling. Um, it roughly follows Native Americans that get pushed out into a reservation, and then they discover they put Native Americans on a reservation that has oil on it, and the wolves are back as as Robert as Robert De Niro, as Leonardo DiCaprio says, the wolves are back, the white people are back, and they want that land now. So it's it looks like it's a very sad story, and they're taking this with some gratitude. They will de- I think this is gonna deliver. And it's really gonna make the audience hate some of the early Americans. As I said, I've heard little about the story, uh, but dang, what I've heard is really sad. I think Martin Scorsese is gonna have another banger on his hands, and I think he might get that second Oscar. Um, but I do think that this film is gonna be weighed down by a three hour and twenty-six minute runtime. Why does it have to be that long? At that point, make it a miniseries, please. I beg of you. I love Avatar 2, but that movie didn't need to be didn't need to be three hours and twelve minutes. It could have been two and a half hours long. I feel like this even without seeing this movie, I can say this movie, I think we should cap it at two and a half hours. Please, please cap it. Or at least cap it at three hours. You can't be go longer than three hours, especially if we don't get an intermission. My bladder can't sustain that. Nobody's bladder can sustain that. Give us an intermission. Bring it back if we're gonna have these really long movies. Um now I want to talk about what is coming next week. First of all, on Disney Plus, we got a new TV show coming. American Born Chinese is coming out May 24th on Disney Plus, and I've tempered expectations for this one. First of all, it's coming from the director of Shang-Chi and Legend of Ten Rings. It's one of my that is one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time, like top five or maybe even top three. Um, one day I'm gonna rank all those films. I just gotta get motivated enough to rank 30 films. Um, the director of that is also gonna be directing Avengers King Dynasty. So Disney has a ton of faith in him. So I'm assuming he delivered. He delivered here. His name is Destiny. Destin Daniel Cretton, pretty sure I pronounced that right. He's one of the main shepherds of this of this show, and I think he delivers here because they gave him Avengers. Um, also, we see the return of most of the cast from Everything Everywhere at Once, my favorite film from last year. Um, that be Michelle Yeoh, Kehi Kwan, and Stephanie Hsu. Um, you know I love that film, and it's actors from the and all those actors they got that Oscar coverage from a few months ago, and they're the, them being a big part of this cast has significantly raised my excitement up a bar. Um, but they are using these cast members to promote the series, but I feel my excitement for that part of the series getting too high because I'm pretty sure they are only going to be in a few episodes, if that, which makes me sad. I want them in the whole series. Um, also, Disney hasn't really had a great success with any of their series outside of Marvel or Star Wars shows. They really need an 
win in original material from them after the failures of Willow and National Tre- Treasure Series. Both of those got canceled after their first season. Um, Santa Claus was good for them and performed better, but I didn't think that show was very good at all. I didn't finish it. I watched like one episode and I was like, oh, I'm done. I also don't have any nostalgia for the original, so that didn't help. Um, but I'll, I'll be there watching the first episode because I'm pretty sure Michelle Yeoh will be in the first episode, and I love Michelle Yeoh, and I will watch anything Michelle Yeoh's in at this point. So that's that's the reason I'm watching the show. And then the big movie next week is The Little Mermaid. I feel like I've been talking about this movie, f- about this film forever, but it finally comes to theaters next week. I've gone over and over my thoughts for this film over the past few months, but right now I'm at a middle level excitement. I'm not expecting anything astounding or nothing nothing that will add super add to the original that I hope for, but I'm expecting great performances from Halle Bailey and Melissa McCarthy that will carry this movie towards me liking it over the latter. The one thing I know I'm not going to look forward to this film is the talks that hate's going to get everywhere online for casting a black actress as Ariel and no matter how no matter how the reviews come out or the box office works out these people will claim it's a failure so everyone prepare yourselves for that mentally but i don't know i'm i'm excited i'm gonna go watch it i'll be there opening night but i don't have super high expectations for it and i didn't have super high expectations for fast x yet i really enjoyed that film but that'll do it for this week's episode of seen it all what did you think of fast x did it redeem the Fast franchise for you? Did you like Fast 9 and you continue to like this one? Or do you just not like any of them? Uh, make sure to let me know any topics you want me to discuss in the next episode by following us on our social media. We have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just follow us at Seen It All Show or Seen It All Podcast. You'll be able to find us. Um, come back next week for my review of The Little Mermaid and any more news that may come out. Thank y'all for listening. Y'all have a good night. Bye-bye. <laughs>